Star Wars Legends is a wealth of storytelling, from the wild and wacky to the insanely impactful it has it all, and now we might be seeing some of the darker stuff come to the forefront, as well as what the future of The Mandalorian holds as it's rumored to be heading to the big screen. Welcome to Star Wars Uplink, your place for everything Star Wars gaming, the TV shows, and the movies. Let's jump in. Just you reconsider playing that message for him. The Mandalorian is, I'd say more impactful than the sequel trilogy when it comes to the modern day and Star Wars right now. I'd agree, yeah. And it is something that I feel is losing a little bit of its luster at the same time. Mm. If you ask people if they've seen Mandalorian, they've definitely seen the first season and they've definitely seen the second season. But when asked about the third season, there is less of an enthusiasm than I would say with the first two. Yeah, something about Mandalorian, it took us all by storm mm -hmm. the first season and then the second season we were all still riding the wave like oh my gosh and now it's just falling into a star wars story mcu almost like thing mm -hmm. not bad not great it's just there yep. and it, it kind of facilitated in a place of yeah it's here and we did it. And I feel like this is the stepping stone for possibly it to make an even bigger comeback. Because as we talk about Dave Filoni's movie, as we talk around the stories and ideas and just movies that they could have as they go even deeper into this, we need movies right now mindset. I feel like in all of our discussions, we haven't really taken the idea of The Mandalorian possibly going into a movie that seriously yeah no we haven't <laughs> and it's funny because as i'm thinking about this as i was prepping for this episode i was like you know what the best choice i would say for a dave filoni movie is honestly the mandalorian you think so i do it has a built-in audience already mm -hmm. people love it it's an introduction point for Star Wars fans now, and especially younger Star Wars fans, from the ones that I've talked to, uh, interns and the like that I've worked with, when I ask them about the Star Wars movies, they're like, ah, not really, but The Mandalorian is great. Hmm. I think this is where they can really step forward and bring something unique. It's a new character, so they don't have to worry about that. It is interesting from the perspective of the kinds of stories that they can tell yeah it's not just oh we have to play the jedi game here it's like this episode here could be the jedi episode this one over here can do this where it's like space cowboys here's a space samurai episode yeah and i feel like that's the benefit of something like the mandalorian he is um very moldable mm-hmm he doesn't have any, um, his armor is super shiny. There is no paint on it. He is like the ideal hero to put yourself inside of. Mm, oh, very poetic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a difficulty in seeing Mandalorian as a movie, though. Why is that? Because we've never seen it for one, and they've used the Mandalorian in so many different ways, mm -hmm. how would you possibly categorize it into a movie, you know? There's yeah. always so many different flavors that you're getting out of Mandalorian, and that's kind of the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like, given the options, like from what we got of season three to this very amorphous idea of a movie, what if you condense the ideas of Mandalorian season three in a movie format? I think it would have worked even better. Yeah, I agreed. 
So if that's the kind of ideas that they have for a Star Wars TV show in the modern day, and that's an idea of what they have of Mandalorian Season 3 and the direction they want to go with it, I think it would actually benefit to be more condensed. Mm -hmm. If they're trying to move away from the very Western, um, not serialized, but semi-serialized, semi-anthology style Mm -hmm. storytelling where like each episode tackles a different story almost... I feel like if the, if they want to move past that, they should go with the movies. Mm-hmm. And if they want to keep with it, keep it the TV shows. And I think there's a benefit to both things existing as well. I feel like you can tell one of those kinds of stories with The Mandalorian in a movie format. And also have another season of The Mandalorian. Yeah, I could see that. It is almost a shame that we did get the third season as it is mm-hmm. um, because it was telling a much more linear story than we're used to with The Mandalorian. Yeah. And so it really did take away from what we're, we've come to expect and what we've come to enjoy about it or like mm-hmm. the, that that true Mandalorian experience from the beginning. Um, it's, yeah. not, it's not quite the same anymore. So now it's like either you got to go back or... Make them two different things. Yeah. So I could definitely see the movie actually working. And honestly, with the ideas, if they want to go even further into the Mandalorians in general, Bo-Katan, uh, Sabine, the ideas of the Mandalorian Wars, the ideas of the glassing of the planets, this idea of the crazy religious sects over here, the idea of like, no, we're not those kinds of Mandalorians over here. I feel like there is an opportunity for them to step forward into an interesting perspective. Maybe it is going back to the origins of the Mandalorians as a starting point and then fully landing back to where we know of as the Mandalorian, Din Djarin, Mm. I should say. Because there's a lot of Mandalorians in season Mm -hmm. three, really, its whole idea was it is called the Mandalorian, but it's really the Mandalorians. Yeah. Is the idea that they're playing with with that season three. Yeah, which also is kind of (laughs) shaking the foundations that is the Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. Season three was just like starting to like quake all the roots here. Yeah, it puts so much in there. Mm -hmm. But now we're all kind of like, what is the Mandalorian? Is it Mandalore now? Like, is that the key? Like, who are we focusing on? Mm -hmm. So in a way, I do feel like a movie could focus us back. Yeah. Um, and then we could have more more fun times with uh, mm-hmm. Din Djarin in like a TV yeah. series. If you, you know? have like the big moments in the movie where it is something like the whole Mandalorian War, and then you have the smaller moments of like season one and season two in the TV series, I think that is the perfect matchup because then you get the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. But I do I do see your point with around like one of the downsides of. The Mandalorian being a movie is the Mandalorian plays with so many ideas and genres and characters and beats and kinds of storytelling that makes it work really well. But you can't have three genres in a movie. Like, you can't have, like, oh, the first part of this movie, the first 30 minutes of this movie is space western, and then the second movie is like super sci fi, and then the third section is like. Space Samurai focus. Like, I just see these like old timey, like no sound movies. Yeah. Where it's like act one, like little like uh-huh. tape playing. And the- <laughs> there's a reason we've moved past this. Yeah. yeah. It would not be very cohesive. At the same time, though, it's like it seems like they've grown tired of those 
ways of telling story too. Mm-hmm. Like they've even like just paid homage to it almost. And now they're like, okay, but we're just moving on now. Yeah. I'm trying to get back to like a Star Wars thing. And it's like, I, mm-hmm. but that kind of loses the, the spark of Mandalorian. Yeah. But it was. So I don't know. I'm not sure what they're going to do with it. When Mando season three was coming out, I went back and I rewatched the first season of The Mandalorian. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Mm-hmm. And it, it really captures the original trilogy feeling mm-hmm. of Star Wars. Specifically, that first season really, really did a good job of, yes, this is based after the original trilogy. It's carrying forward a lot of the feelings of the original trilogy, mm-hmm. even though it's set five years after Return of the Jedi. There are these characters that look like you could have popped them right out of Moss Eisley. A lot of the storytelling beats, the cinematography, styling, everything is very much an homage to the original trilogy. And I feel like with each season, we stepped a little bit further away from that. Mm. And if we're looking at like what works with a movie and you look at what what movie worked best out of the sequel trilogy, that would be The Force Awakens. Mm. Why did The Force Awakens work so well? Because it was basically a retelling of A New Hope. A New Hope is my favorite movie. (laughs) And that's why The Force Force Awakens is one of, I, I think it's like tied between The Last Jedi and the force awakens okay wow i i need to go back and watch the last jedi again because there's so many things i like about the last jedi but there's a lot of things that i don't quite like about the last jedi in that same breath so in terms of consistency Mm -hmm. i'd say the force awakens but Mm -hmm. the last jedi had some fun ideas that i liked yeah yeah but going back to what worked and what didn't work is people want a feeling of nostalgia but they want new stories told as well but they want more interesting stories told in a familiar way that's what people want when they look at star wars they don't want something insanely different they don't want to fill their expectations go oh they're going this way and then they go left instead of right like Mm -hmm. they intended to which is why a lot of the backlash around the last jedi is there is because there's an expectation set up by the previous movie that the second movie just threw out the window quite literally um (laughs) i feel like the mandalorian is this perfect solution to that problem it's new it's familiar it's fulfilling fantasies that everyone has around the idea of boba fett and also for the prequel fans it has everything you want as a prequel fan because it's flashbacks to the clone wars it's got clone wars characters in it it has a lot of the settings that you came to love from the clone wars and the prequels and you have it both in this one character that's true so there's a there's a lot that they could do with that but in a movie I think they could, yeah. yeah. I think they could lean even harder into the idea of, of replicating or really going back to the inspiration of the original trilogy mm. with a movie. Yeah. Bring a, bring more of the idea of the mysticism of the Mandalorians. Bring the ideas of this Star Wars universe and have them push something forward that is going to get the ball rolling for the eventual Heir to the Empire movie. Because mm. as they set up, they have Luke Skywalker and the Mandalorian talking. Grogu is a Jedi slash Mandalorian. 
So there's that aspect of things. So they could really utilize the idea of the Mandalorian from a familiar character, someone that is very well loved, and introduce these characters of Luke Skywalker, Mm -hmm. Leia, Han Solo, and set up these things like... The reason the Mandalorian works is because he doesn't know that he's in Star Wars. Yeah, like he is the yeah. he, he is the most Star Warsy Star Wars character that doesn't realize he's Star Warsy. Yeah, and that's also what makes him the perfect entry person, yes. entry character to get to love because he is just walking you through everything that made Star uh, Wars. Why is this dark saber so important? Here, you can have it. It's like no, you don't realize. Okay, cool. <laughs> I don't care about that. Here, take the sword. (laughs) If you want it, here, you take it. (laughs) Luke Skywalker, who is this dude? Yep. Apparently, you're supposed to help Grogu, but like... It doesn't seem like you help Grogu all that much. (laughs) (laughs) But does Grogu want to be helped? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Perfect entry point, perfect setup time for what we know that they're aiming toward, which is heir to the Empire, Thrawn being the big bad. But they need a lot of legwork to make Thrawn a respectable big bad mm-hmm. big bad um because like in the books you know but in ahsoka even like i loved thrawn in ahsoka but i think they could have done in a better job of making him more thrawn like you almost need a character like dinjarin for all of us like new people coming in uh uh-huh. to be like okay but why are we scared of thrawn like He's just some blue alien. Yeah. Like, that's cool. He's very much like a warlord dude right now. It's, like, kind of smart. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, he's got a big ship. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) He was exiled, I'm sure, for a good reason. We need the, what's all this then? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, there's a lot there that I think they could dig into. But speaking of Ahsoka, Ahsoka did a really good job of setting up this idea of the Night Sisters, this creation of a different perspective of the Sith, of the dark side, really. Mm-hmm. And there's been a theory roaming around in some of the nooks and crannies of the internet. We got inspired by this from Inverse, and they did an article talking about some of the things that they could pull from in Ahsoka around some book series as well as the RPG Mm. of this idea called the dark. So you have the light side and the dark side. These are the typical ideas around the force you have the dark side users of the sith and you have the light side users of the jedi and then somewhere in between you have like grogu who uses the force but it isn't technically a jedi and then you have balin and shin hadi who are like they are jedi or at least balin was a jedi Mm -hmm. but they aren't sith either so there's there's this this interesting not the gray Jedi, but this idea of like, what does it look like to throw off the preconceptions of the force and just do stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, what what would this be without the structure mm-hmm. of the Jedi Temple and all yeah. this, like, all this behind the scenes construction of what the light side and the dark side actually Mm -hmm. look like like there's been this kind of change i guess i'll say there's been a change as to how we look at the force Mm -hmm. even with sabine and her usage of the force Mm -hmm. like being (laughs) as her yang says uh the least force sensitive jedi that he has ever worked with (laughs) 
there's this idea of like the force that is changing in this new wave of Star Wars and Inverse was talking about this idea set up in one or two books as well as the Star Wars RPG of called The Dark. And The Dark is this even crazier, weirder part of the dark side. It's if you've got like space gray and space black, if you're talking about like the new um, the new MacBooks like you have these shades of gray and and like I'd say the Sith in canon would be like dark dark gray. Yeah. The dark is black. They yeah. are the ones that Truly have black. felled so far into the dark side that they have corrupted their own beings that they are a couple of examples that they are oozing uh, bodily fluids as they walk or a, they are a charred husk of a human or they are a blackened skeleton that is animated purely by this thing called the dark mm-hmm. and the organizations that are surrounding this worship of the dark and these sorcerers that have a close tie to what would inspire the night sisters yeah so this the sect seems to be more focused on power, yes, but just pure chaos. Yes. Than it is about like their own gain. It's more like gain for the sake of the dark than anything mm-hmm. else. It's very culty. It's very much like we just want to see the world burn sort of thing. Yeah. Imagine the Joker <laughs> in the force. And yeah. that's what these people, these um sorcerers um almost like monks mm-hmm. they have sacrificed everything about their beings to fulfill this idea of worshiping the dark yeah. of taking this chaos and taking this darkness and utilizing it in a way that just sacrifices everything that they are to achieve this this strength at the cost of themselves mm-hmm. i would that's kind of like how i would put it yeah and and how we can categorize this with ahsoka is this idea of what balin is looking for balin's looking to go back to the beginning and we know from ahsoka that these ideas of this world and this planet and what inspired the stories that were told in the Star Wars universe, the legends in within Star Wars spawned from this planet and this new galaxy or old galaxy. And the birth of the Night Sisters came from this planet and this galaxy. Mm-hmm. And they are running from something. Look at all the skeletons of the space wells. This is where they came to die. Or possibly have been killed. And this planet is a husk of what it once was. Mm-hmm. Full of raiders and destruction and just danger. Looking for something that everything about this planet says stay away. Mm-hmm. And here's Balin looking to go to this planet. Not caring if he can get, even get off of it. Looking for something that he categorizes as the beginning. In the beginning, it there was, was dark. dark. <laughs> there was darkness covering yeah. the land. I mean, yeah, and maybe Ahsoka's there to say, "Let there be light." I don't mm-hmm. know. And and it's clear that Dave Filoni and this idea of the Ahsoka story that he's uh, that he's telling is very much inspired by stories within the Bible. Mm-hmm. Enoch, the right hand man to Thrawn, is directly inspired by a character in the Bible. You have the father, the son, and the daughter which is the trinity of 
of the Bible in Star Wars, this idea of the force and this middle ground that is almost like you have basically the world between worlds, which is like a similar thing to a purgatory where you can see all of time stretched out in one single location. So you have like this clear example. So if you look at what they could bring inside of this, it does somewhat make sense to go back to the book of Genesis. Who would have thought we were talking about this in Star Wars? (laughs) Um, And look at the foundations of what Star Wars is going to be. And it could possibly be this idea around the dark and this group of people uh, fighting the dark and the Night Sisters could possibly be the successful sect of this, of successfully utilizing their powers together to enslave or encapture or just not I don't think they'd be able to kill it but if we're looking at an idea of Abeloth this idea of this very powerful chaotic being that is purely there to cause trouble and chaos and just destroy for the sake of destroying there is what what happens if they capture it and put it and lock it on this planet but then you'd have to be asking yourself why would they want to leave mm-hmm I mean, if this is a thing that most likely inspired them to find the magic that they have themselves, why would they want to leave it behind? Or well, it's is a it choice just... between like chaos and structure. Hmm. They've already chosen structure, I yeah. guess. It's an interesting idea. Um, it would be it would make sense too if they were losing control of it, because mm-hmm. this planet seems to be getting maybe not more chaotic, but just more absent of life yeah Uh but interesting that there is life on the planet Mm -hmm. at that same note and there is a long history of life on that planet the the statues that have been degradating over time and have fallen apart these ruins across the planet this uh almost like church of the night sisters there there is a lot that is here on this mm-hmm. planet for many stories to be told and it's almost like again like balen says going back to the beginning this new planet in this new galaxy is an opportunity for them to tell stories that they couldn't tell in the standard Star Wars universe. Yeah. If you have a standard Star Wars galaxy mm-hmm. that has a set of rules, you need to work within those rules. Yep. But if you're outside of that galaxy, you could have something like Abeloth. You could have something mm-hmm. like the dark. You could have these different stories that can be told in this galaxy that yeah. couldn't be told in the other. You can have the the truth mm-hmm. of whatever these legends in the other galaxy are. You yeah. know, like this like, oh, this is what we told our kids it's nightmare and they gave them uh-huh. nightmare sort of thing. <laughs> that could be a reality in this new galaxy. Yeah. I mean, there's truth behind every story. So mm-hmm. I think that's ultimately the heart of what they want to tell with Ahsoka. But let us know your thoughts on our theories as well as our theories around the Mandalorian possibly becoming a movie. As always, you can listen to the podcast wherever you find podcasts. And thank you for listening. May the Force be with you.